0: Jesus, get ready for the miracle of mega,
1: a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And and not only does he, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting.
2: Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Scheer, Jason Manzoukas, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell.
3: I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat?
2: It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny.
4: Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much
2: do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to
3: Mega, wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Best I ever had.
3: Best I ever had. Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all can sing along. We.
1: You know I'm saying? Here you go. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the you best. You be the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the you're best. The be- oh, okay, best never
4: mind. Best I
0: ever had. Best wow. I ever had. <laughs>
1: Now, to be super clear, we're not telling any stories right now. We're just going to let me do my thing, right? Yep. Go ahead. Listeners don't like it. They're writing in by the drove. But uh, here we go. Nothing cold. You're not going to lure us into doing a Who's cold Who's trying open? to lure? Am I a lure or Well, no. you, brought no, 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 no. you brought it up.
5: You brought it up. I'm just no saying that worry.
1: some listeners are unhappy about the lack of cold opens. That's all.
5: You know what, Adam Felber, <laughs> here's the thing. Well, I'm locking yeah. my mouth, like, with the twist of the th-
1: key, and I'm throwing yeah. away the key. Yeah. Okay, now you just said that after you threw away the key. I know. <laughs> <He's mad. laughs>
5: okay, shut up. We're not all right, doing- all right, all right. You know what? It's Here not even a
1: joke. I don't know why you brought it up. Nobody wants to get to the show more than me. Let's do it. Clear the, clear the decks, everybody.
2: I just want to say, before you start, Tony, really mm-hmm. good job. Thank you. <laughs> oh.
1: What the hell is going on? Okay. Okay.
5: Adam Phelper's a needle nudnik. What the hell was that? Connie. <laughs> <gasps> a nudnik. What's a needle nudnik? I don't know. It sounded like you. I have no
4: idea cotton headed Minnie Muggins. <laughs> she what
1: she can really articulate here? even though her lips are sealed. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> um yeah. look, be careful what you wish for people. Here we go. <laughs> Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life, tonight. Hey kids, you know how you've always dreamed about getting that golden ticket that lets you visit Willy Wonka's chocolate wonderland? Well, we adults have a dream like that too, particularly if we made the mistake of being in the creative community. And what we dream about is that some mysterious fairy will descend from above and say, Congratulations! You've been awarded a MacArthur Genius Grant! Is that how it really works? Well, we don't know. Paula and I have been snubbed by the MacArthur Fairy for several decades in a row. But you know who does know? The director of the MacArthur Fellows Program, Marlise Carruth. She'll tell us all about it and hopefully explain why Paula and I keep getting coal in our stockings. And then we all want to make this podcast better, but only a select group of you, the listeners, know exactly how to do it. And we're listening. It's Mailbag Constructive Criticism Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Felber, this show's Oompa Loompa, doggedly trying to keep this unruly horde on the straight and narrow, helping them to avoid the conversational pitfalls of digression and inanity. And now, please welcome the woman who just can't help leaving the path, springing into the Dorito forest and inhaling line after line of nacho cheese powder, it's Paula Poundstone!
2: guys and welcome back to tonight's house band four-time returning champion tim crump on the keyboard yeah he teaches piano what? and performs wow. with the musical improv group you the musical at the sacramento comedy spot every fourth friday of the month
1: wow that's pretty impressive thanks for coming back uh tim crump and hey yes thank follow- you tim I see, Paula, you're making up for the lost mailbag reference. I get it. Um, Go ahead. Oh, the lost what, Adam? Mailbag. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Tony's <laughs> already locking in. Hey, what's new, Paula Poundstone? Well, I want
2: you to keep a close eye on me. A couple days ago, I was cleaning up the back porch, and I had a, uh, a large cat carrier, you know, the kind with the little metal door uh, in the front, and you'd use it to take a large cat to the vet, Maybe you could fit even two cats in there. So I'd have been out on the porch for a while and uh, I cleaned it and I was gonna put it back where it goes where well it usually goes. It, uh, Wendell has made like a perch for it on a, uh, on a beam, on the ceiling uh, of the garage. Uh, so I get a ladder, I carry it up. I try to put it in one place it won't quite fit. so I you know I move over, I put it in another place. Uh, on this beam and as I'm coming down the ladder I'm just like just about to hit the floor when I think to myself huh you know hope it doesn't fall from there and then I thought nah it's not gonna fall right at that moment it falls and lands right smack on top of my head and I
0: fell
2: Ah! over backwards and I knocked over all sorts of shit in Wendell's garage which is easy to do um because it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the devil's, um, oh, my God. It's it's a sign of major mental health problems, that garage. But, uh, oh, my. <laughs> so ever since then, I just keep thinking about that scene in Breaking Bad uh, <laughs> when the um, the couple that ripped off the meth, the really nutty couple, and Jesse hits the guy in the head with something, and the guy keeps saying that he thinks he has a concussion, and his wife keeps going, don't fall asleep, baby. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> 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 and and, and when did me. this happen? Have you been asleep since then? Uh, I have been asleep since. I mean, I don't think I got a concussion, but I can tell you that I did get a very bruised head.
1: Like, like a goose egg.
2: It's uh, No, it's more uh, expansive than that. Oh. You know, it, yeah, because it was, it's cranial. It's, I got a cranial thing. That's what I got. That's what
1: the guy kept saying in Breaking Bad. Don't fall asleep, baby. Don't fall asleep. Oh, that, you know what? To be honest with you, that's better than like a point of that box hitting you. If like, if like a sharp edge of it had hit you, that would have been bad. Wow.
2: Yeah, no, it was good the way it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> have you had headaches? Um. No, I just did. Oh, uh, you know, when I, you know, when I lay down at night, I, I can... I think to myself, oh yeah, that's where <laughs> oh, or if I put man. my if I when I put my hat on, I say, Oh yeah, that's where, that's where a large myself. cat care, You know what's really lucky is that there were no cats in there. Cause that yeah. that baby would have been heavy.
1: They could be um, suing right now.
2: Yeah, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Well, Paula, we're you're, we're glad you're okay and that and that your yeah. your very valuable brain remains undamaged. To Don't some fall extent. asleep,
2: baby. Don't go Don't sleep, fall baby. asleep. Don't. Don't fall asleep, baby. <laughs> oh God, that was <laughs> fun. That asleep. scene in that show is so good. I wouldn't mind having a head injury if, if in exchange for the head injury, I just had that scene play in my head on a regular basis,
1: like on wow, a little well, screen, on a little silver screen in my head. Well,
2: it sounds like there's plenty
1: of stuff up on that beam, so fingers crossed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get right back out there. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you might as well. Don't, don't go to sleep baby. Hey um speaking of getting back out there let's uh, let's go around the horn and say hi I can't help notice that in Sherman Oaks Tony Anita Hall is still <laughs> clearly inside a hotel room rather than her own apartment How's that working out for you Tony She's moving on up though she's now
2: in the four seasons she was her apartment, <laughs> her apartment insurance has put her up in the Four Seasons hotel which is unusual.
4: yeah living the sweet life. As I like to say. Um, the pe- the gentleman who's always at the breakfast bar knows who I am. The front door people know who I am. The valet people know who I am. So um, I'm becoming very popular here at the hotel. Now, Tony,
1: have you done your assignment as long as you're still there? If you remember, you know- <laughs> for our listeners, last week... We assigned, Tony, the task of oh, going right. down to the hotel bar, which is called the the Lazy-Eyed Lush or something. The and, <laughs> and, um, Toasted Barrel.
4: The oh, Toasted right. Barrel.
1: <laughs> and, uh,
4: I like Lazy-Eyed Lush. Whatever butter.
1: it's called. You were going to go down there and get some stories out of the colorful people from the neighborhood who populate the bar. What do you got for us?
4: So, I... I- I haven't done it yet. What? Wow. Uh So I was going to go do it. Honest to God, I was going to do it over the weekend. And I thought of it too late. Like it was, I mean, they're open till 11 and it was probably like 730, but i had already like locked my hotel door and put on my jams. So <laughs> Right, so you're wanna... giving
1: us one instant out of the entire week where it wouldn't have been convenient to go. <laughs> okay, I'm leaving doing this leaving week. oceans I'm of time this. until that eleven o'clock closing. You yeah, need to go just... down there and, and, and walk straight into the wobbly constable or whatever it's called and just you know get <laughs> so, a So you know, from a
4: distance I've seen some people I recognize and I just don't know if I want to like re engage in conversation with those same people.
2: I'll tell you something, you can take the girl out of the apartment, but you can't take the work shirk out of the girl.
1: That's absolutely right. Now, Tony, I, I hate to call you a shirker, but you have completely shirked. All you got to do is go down there, order, order a, you know, a G and t uh, and talk to someone sad.
2: True. Oh, I have True. an idea. Why don't you bring a, a copy of Eat, Pray, Fuck With You and be oh, like, you know, good. pretend that you're reading it. Or in your case, read it. And, uh, you know, and that might attract.
1: That's a good idea, Paula, because I think women aren't generally, you know, vulnerable enough in situations like that. So (laughs) toting around a book that says I'm available and look questing for someone is probably a good idea.
2: No. Yeah. Show the seeker part of you. Um,
4: (laughs) I do have a book I brought with me. What book did you bring? Designing, designing your life. Does, oh, it's about a, designing your life.
5: That's a conversation starter right there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean
5: designing your life? Like,
4: like envisioning the life you want and then designing your life to be that life.
1: Oh, Jesus. Now, have works. you designed your life to be in a hotel because <laughs> of a flooded Honest apartment? to
4: God.
2: <laughs> that's got to have started a lot of binge drinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Designing
4: your life. I bet everybody
1: in that bar has a copy.
4: (laughs) Design thinking and applying it to your life. Two professors from some Ivy League college wrote it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: That's.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're digressing here
4: in a big
1: way. Yeah. I really shut down the conversation. You really did.
2: Here's another idea, Tony. What if you go into the the bar and um, you're making a craft and then you'll probably gather... A crowd around you, just who want to know how you know how did you do that?
1: Yeah, that's a do good some idea. Crafting in the bar. Also, call everybody you talk to sailor. <laughs> <laughs> or Bub. <laughs> will you do your homework next week, Tony? Tell us you will.
4: I will do. Uh, I, you know what? I vow. I vow to wow. do it. I that's, promise. All right. um, Scouts may, maybe,
2: honor. Maybe talk to Brandy at the bar. You know the one. I say, said, Brandy. That one. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's What a good wife she would be.
1: Yeah. She's a fine girl. <laughs> All right. So tune in next week, everybody, to find I'll, out what I'll Tony's vows are down worth. there. Yeah. Go down there. All right. Hey, and as long as we're traveling, let's travel up to the Simi Valley where... Bonnie Burns, Paula's manager, our good friend and producer, is just poised to tell us a colorful and pithy story from her own life. How are you doing, Bonnie? <laughs>
5: I'm doing really well. I've had a couple of good weeks. The organizer's been here, and there's, like, a lot of things in little containers. And it's very easy. What we were not good at in this house was putting things back. And we realized, like, one of the reasons is because... We don't really have a place for stuff, so we just put it down and go, okay, I'll do something with that later. So that's all gotten taken care of, and it's really nice. Our house seems bigger, and it's really nice to hold some in your hand and go, okay, this goes here. But that's not what I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about this thing that happened <laughs> to me today.
1: Well, congratulations, though, first.
5: Oh, thank you. No, it's very nice. Um So today, actually, I was putting some stuff away and this word sprang into my head. When I was uh, in high school, my girlfriends and I decided we'd come up with a word that if we were having a conversation and like our parents came in, somebody came in, we didn't want them to hear what we were talking about, we would say the word and then we would know to change the subject. So that word was Shaughness So say we'd be talking and then all of a sudden would end up one of us would go Shanniswa, Shannaswa, Shana Swa. And then, you know, we'd go into something else. Okay. And then that made me think of when I was in my twenties and I came to LA, I've told you about my friend Mavis Vegas Davis before, who used to talk <laughs> in that cat in that cat talk. You know, you'd ask her something and she, and like, an answer like, How are you doing today? Meow. And you could tell by her intonation. Oh my God. What she was saying. <laughs> okay. Well, we also came up with a word for when we wanted, needed to change the subject because we didn't know, we didn't want people to know what we were talking about. And that was "nuja." And so I was wondering were there other people, like in their teens, that came up with words? to change the subject so nobody would know what they were talking about. Tony Anita is nodding.
0: I I, I did. Ex-
1: if oh, you had a word? friend
2: who talked like a cat, then I know, but why was, was it that anyone would know what she was saying?
1: Yeah, or now, how, would how would you always, know if she changed the subject from meow to meow?
2: Yeah. No. So No. So she um, Yeah. So she would go meow and you'd go like shada wada, whatever it was, <laughs> and she'd go, oof,
5: oof, oof! Yeah, so that's it's what just, I was just wondering. It just sounds your- like such a fucked up friend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's but does. you know what? She was a lot of fun to be with.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm sure. But like I, t- if somebody were meowing at me,
5: I um, I wouldn't like it. She only meowed reactively. Like you wouldn't have a whole Doesn't conversation. Matter. She wasn't was meowing matter. all the way through. <laughs> it would be like a yes or no. You wouldn't say, what do you feel like for dinner? And she'd go, meow. It'd be, do you want spare ribs? Meow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Dick and Jane
2: books? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that's how I learned to read in school was with the Dick and Jane books. And I remember there was a little sister named Sally and Sally uh, in in like it must be like the first grade or something. Um, uh, uh, Sally uh, at one point was pretending to be a bunny, and eventually uh, Sally wouldn't stop pretending to be a bunny, and so oh,
1: this was a dark chapter in Dick and Jane's history. I think I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so her parents wouldn't let her into the kitchen at dinner time. They left her out on the porch with some carrots and uh, and then she stopped being a bunny and returned to being Sally. And I just think that Mavis Vegas Davis, Davis. Uh, I think that, yeah, she needed to um, be (laughs) you needed to take her. You needed to put her down.
1: Now, if I can steer us <laughs> from the digression that we're on back to a previous digression, Tony Anita Hull, you seem to indicate that as a teenager, you also had a secret word like Bonnie's shushalasha ding dong to, uh,
4: we definitely did. I don't think it was anything. I think it was probably like banana or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I know we definitely would be like, oh, if the, the teacher walks by or whatever. Definitely. My
2: friends and I weren't as creative. Um, yeah. We we used to say, "Shut the fuck up, your mother's in the room."
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You know, my son does that. He very ostentatiously goes, "Hi, Dad," as though I'm not going to realize that he's saying, "Hi, Dad," for his friend's benefit. Oh, oh yeah. that's clever. Huh. I have one other thing to share. Something in my life that I'm going to share because we're coming around the horn to me, which is I have advice for all you kids out there and all you adults especially. Don't lose weight. Because it, it, I, I have I have lost a fair amount of weight recently, and I find out that there is nothing that can be said to me that doesn't kind of annoy me now. Like, <laughs> it's, if somebody fails to mention that I've lost a lot of weight, I feel like, well, well I, they don't even see me. And if somebody does mention it, I'm like, well, how fat did you think I was before? So
2: it's insulting, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there's another way of looking at it, which is that, you know, for health reasons, uh, yeah. you should... You know, maintain a healthy weight, whatever that is for you. Okay. And uh, if that involves losing a lot of weight, where people
1: might comment, right? Um, toughen up. <laughs> I can I'm, in, I'm insulted when they notice, and I'm insulted when they don't. I, I don't think there's a good solution to that. I think everybody should just kind of avoid me for the next few months.
5: Okay. All right. I
1: don't. No objections. I don't mean.
5: I don't mean to be. Honestly, I don't mean to be insulting. Oh my God! Those are the worst words this? anyone and coming yeah. to Bonnie Burns, Don't
1: take the you know wrong way. Hold on, hold on I means, just have to put on this flak jacket and helmet. Go ahead, Bonnie. Yes, my okay, God, the that way. means incoming, okay.
2: incoming. <laughs> when Bonnie Burns Swa- doesn't mean Swa- to be insulting. Swa- <laughs> yeah, I you are going to get run over <laughs> by a
5: fucking tank.
1: Uh, here it comes. <laughs> bring it, bring it, Burns.
5: All right. I didn't notice that you lost weight, but I think it's maybe like it's from your boobs down because from your, like okay. your head all looks right. exactly like Oh, my God. Right. Okay.
1: Wow. My okay. For a minute it was exactly working out so well, same. and then you gave me boobs. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. you
5: know, whatever you call a guy's, like from below your shoulders down, if, you probably look a much thinner. A,
2: a woman's breast <laughs> shouldn't be called
5: that. <laughs>
1: This is yeah. So, so from my moves down, no, no, Bonnie. You know what? I wasn't thinking that you guys were responsible because yeah, you basically only see my head. But well, I was talking about out yeah. there in the field in real life. I have in fact lost twenty five pounds since Thanksgiving. Wow. wow. And, um, well, that's obvious. That's yeah. How it you should know be obvious to people who, <laughs> who see my who see my jugs. You know. No, I like, can't. Like,
4: make jugs. Don't stop. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> If he lost, Everyone stop.
2: If he lost twenty five pounds, and we can't tell that he lost twenty five pounds because we don't see all of them, it's because he cut his leg off. You know, Adam, if you need me to sew that back <laughs> on,
1: no thanks, Paula.
2: That happens. To I me respect in the area. your skills, but they
1: seem to not not always really take when it comes to yeah. attaching. Yeah. Well,
2: no, I just have a lot of accidents yeah. um, where my leg gets removed. But um, yeah, well, that's good for you. How'd you do it, yeah. Adam? How'd you do it?
1: I can't tell you. I'll tell you once I've lost the full amount of weight that I want to lose. How much do you want to lose? What do you mean you can't tell us? If I'm successful, I have a great piece of diet advice for everybody. That's
5: Okay, weird. I have hey. empathy. I have empathy, Adam, because I know it's <laughs> so hard to lose weight. And I feel like hugging you right now. Good for you. Aww. You wouldn't even oh, my
1: feel gosh. me right now, Bonnie. You wouldn't even feel <laughs> me. I'm not there. <laughs>
5: No, but your head looks
1: exactly I, the I'm, same. I'm, I'm merely face- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: This has turned into some weird support group. Yeah, I, yeah very awkward. Very awkward. All right, uh, then rescue was- us,
1: Paula. Take us to the to the vocabulary hangman challenge.
2: Yeah, wahilo.
5: Well,
1: wahilo. Well,
2: yeah. What was the word you said when you wanted the conversation to start? Yeah.
5: To change? Shaniswa. 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 Yeah. Shaniswa. So yeah. subtle. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh. Ruff, ruff, ruff.
5: Um, oh, Paula yeah. wants
2: to change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> you can, I am working on my new system of learning vocabulary words, and it's going almost as badly as my first method, quite frankly. <laughs> I think this will be <laughs> the fourth week that I've used the same word with you guys. And, and when, oh, no. when I looked at it, I couldn't remember what it meant either. Um. So, y- 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 you know, we've got to get uh, who we need on this show is a. Uh, a spelling bee coach like someone <laughs> that can help us figure out how to r- remember the you know the words or um, a
1: memory expert of some kind a
2: memory expert we've had a memory expert on <laughs> yeah. i don't remember one. that we
4: needed yeah, we, yeah, we did. one i, I we remember have because I had a memory expert
2: I asked him about eating blueberries because they were antioxidants, and he said you'd have to eat gallons of
5: them for it to make any difference at all. Um, but we need a behavioral memory expert, like a behavioral therapist, not like a scientist who studies memory.
1: Okay, Paula, why don't you uh, take, take the helm here? Yeah. Okay. Listeners,
5: if, if,
2: <laughs> listeners, if you go over to our Facebook page, you'll find a beautiful artist's rendering of part of Adam, part of Tony Anita and part of Captain Crinkle. Uh, and by the way, have you guys been checking in to see the lifelike accuracy of your portraits? Um, I have. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. You must huh? be so anxious to have additional body parts. Um, oh, yeah. Gonna- I, can't,
0: I can't wait
1: till you get to my Hooters.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> stop! <laughs>
1: Paula, please put tassels on them.
2: <laughs> no. All right. Uh, i all right i'm gonna I, i'm gonna ask uh, each of my co-workers um the, the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Pounce, so a vocabulary word and for each correct answer they will receive an additional body part on their portrait until they have earned for themselves an invaluable completed portrait uh, I'm gonna start by asking tony Anita hall the meaning of of a former oh. Nobody Listens to Paula Pound. So vocabulary word, and to make it fair, I'm asking Bonnie Burns and Adam Felbert to take your headphones off until I signal you back on Zoom. Bonnie, I'll, I'll signal you with one finger, and Adam, I'll single, signal you with two fingers. Uh, all right, Tony. Tony, there's a lot riding on this now. Um, okay. Potentially another shoulder, I think. All right, the word is odios.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, it has no practical purpose. Um, Feudal.
2: Yeah. Very nice. Um, uh, all right. Uh, let me signal Bonnie there. I'm giving the one finger signal to Bonnie via Zoom, mm. and uh, here she comes. Bonnie, you there?
5: Hi. All right, Bonnie. The word is odios. No, don't have it be odios again. I was gonna say, please don't have it be odios or opsimath.
2: What does odios mean?
5: What is it? An adjective?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is, is it an adjective? Uh, that's up to you.
5: <laughs> no, you have to say, like, is it an adjective? No, you don't say whether it's an adjective. You say I it. think you do. On a spelling bee, I think you do. Oh, God damn no, it. I, don't I think, think it they was do. an adjective. I hate this. I hate being wrong <laughs> so many times in a row. Um, odios is. Lacking empathy? That was optimistic. No, lacking empathy. No. Oh, sh- <laughs> that was. Oh, wait, I know, I know. It's an optimist. Being an optimist.
2: No, um, lacking empathy was when you told Adam that he had boobs. That was lacking empathy. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Um, uh insensate was lacking empathy or compassion. Oh, uh, by the shit. way, I have it right in front of me, which is why I know it. I don't know it. Uh, I'm reading it. Um, OK, so uh, uh,
4: no, uh, odios. Uh, well, Tony, you go ahead and tell her. And it doesn't serve any practical purpose or or futile. You know what?
5: I'm writing it down this time, the meaning. And I bet that'll get A it futile. to stick in my head. We have to come up with something that makes
2: us remember it. Like, okay, Odios is kind of like Oreos, I suppose, um, which, although it has a lot of purpose to me because I love Oreos, but they don't, uh, so uh, Odios, Yeah, see what I mean? We uh, have to have like a, me- a memory thing. Mnemonic. You have to
5: hang it on something. Let's do the Oreo thing for Odeos. All no right. practical okay. purpose. Okay. Yeah, it's just going to be.
2: Um, but it does have a practical purpose. All right, Adam, I'm bringing Adam in. Adam, he, he's going to know it like that. Yeah, he's going to remember it. He didn't know it. Adam,
1: what's odios? Oh, I can redeem myself for last week's forgetting the one I knew the week before. It's uh, unnecessary. It serves no practical purpose. Odios. O T I O S E.
2: Adam, do you have any good way of remembering it?
1: Yeah, humiliate myself on this show.
2: Okay, <laughs>
1: there we go. Well, Paula, so uh, so who, who got it right? Everybody, uh, right? No, uh, no, uh, oh, no. No. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the third week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Thank you. Bonnie, Bonnie <laughs> you didn't get it? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I got it now because okay. I have Oreos to...
1: Link it to okay. Well, yeah, Paula okay. breaks that one out again next week. I bet we'll all get it. Meanwhile, me and Tony get body parts, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for you. All you right. You know, Paula. you could
5: put Adam. You could put Adam in little Bermuda shorts and then have
1: like little skinny legs sticking out. Yeah, I'm so not that see thing. That yet. he lost weight. Nah, that's not important. As long as, as long as Paula, you know, draws my knockers a little less generously. Oh my that. god.
5: Stop. <laughs> <laughs> She could have little wording next to him. She could have wording next to him that says no flippy flops. Yeah. Like a little
1: arrow. No flippy flops? Flops. Oh, is that because I'm wearing shorts?
5: No, on your chest next to your boobs. There could be like a little arrow and then the words no flippy flops because you lost weight and now your chest boobs don't bounce up and down.
1: Flippy oh flops? God. What's
5: wrong with Flippy Flops Bonnie? Um, <laughs>
4: <did he? laughs>
1: Bonnie is... <laughs> I want to bottle Tony Anita <laughs> Hall's facial expression right now.
4: I'm <laughs> upset and horrified.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you why, Tony, because it's totally inappropriate what uh, Bonnie Burns <laughs> is uh, uh, insensate uh, to uh, uh, our friend Adam Feldman and his Boobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Culpepper
2: oh, it's Such a gross word one way or the other yeah. Alright well Bonnie I,
1: You know what I bet you have a colorful story about uh, yours or someone else's uh, breasts being called flippy flops in your life and I would thank you to not tell that story
5: <laughs> No you haven't you ever heard of the pencil test? You're supposed to put this is probably I've heard of the pencil test not flippy flops well, you put the pencil under your boob. Oh if it God. stays there, you should be wearing a bra. By the way, according to who? My brother once my brother said to me, you know, I think you'd flunk the you'd flunk the pencil test,
1: and that's when I learned what it meant. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Bonnie, you just told us that great anecdote about the pencil test and got us no closer to flippy flops. <laughs>
5: Well, flippy flops is the same thing. Like, if you, you need a bra because your boobs are flippy floppy when you... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Where'd okay.
1: You you so have, yeah. I'm going to file that under questions I shouldn't <laughs> we, have asked. Yeah, It let's, was, let's,
4: you know what? Can I... Okay, the pencil test, which, by the way, does have its own Wikipedia page. Thank um, you. My God. You're Googling Uh-oh. the pencil is an test? Informal, <laughs> yes. It's an informal test of breast development and the need to wear a bra conceived... Um, by the advice columnist and Landers.
5: Oh. Huh. See, she,
2: yeah, she was getting a kickback from maiden form. Yeah, there is no reason. <clears throat> there, no one needs to wear a bra. There is no necessity to wearing a bra.
1: Really, I I would agree with that. No, that's why if I don't you don't wear, wear
5: one. one when you need one, your boobs sag more over the years. Gravity pulls yeah, them down. That's not true. It is. <laughs> no, it isn't. Tony, aren't I You're- right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Maybe there may- should be a report on it. <laughs> that's a
5: good idea. Yeah, right. uh, that's not true. It's- okay, we could do that's a good idea.
1: What well, a report not- on the pencil test? No one. Or on the need no, for bras. And when did need a bra? <laughs> <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> You know, Thomas Edison said, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Well then, look at me. I've had one or two inspirations and I frequently sweat like a pig, so where's my genius, Grant? We'll find out when we come back. And now, a news update from The Dental Chair.
2: Individual one with trunk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this has been a news update from the dental chair.
2: Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, and the sixth one has started a podcast. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally checked Learn a Language off your list with Babbel.
1: Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language Right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And yeah. I really yeah. dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, <laughs> I am <laughs> I am speaking it well enough for the Babel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. ¿Ya te vas? Si, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta I don't think you have a
2: weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash
1: nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com, and then you just add a slash and the word nobody, and it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux collection, which I have the newly released Helix elite collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers. And they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh,
2: don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress
1: orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash that's helixsleep.com slash paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer
2: yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
1: <laughs> paula. Paula, oh. I invited you over, but <laughs> fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January third, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than thirty-six points, and James Harden to score more than sixteen. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So... It's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and harden again on January third. My hopes are not that high. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: On this day in unremarkable history, Abraham said, "Oh, don't be so mopey, Isaac. I didn't do it."
1: <laughs> and we are back. Thank you, house band Tim Crump. Fourth yeah. is a charm. You're sounding better than ever, Tim. Thank Absolutely you, Tim. great, Paula. You you Adam. look a little. Uh, Contemplative, if I may say so.
2: I am, Adam. I'm contemplative. Okay. You know, it's a dark time in the world in many ways. Take Uh take Putin, for example. He invaded Ukraine. And there are some people who actually think Ukraine should come to the negotiating table with him to decide what part of Ukraine Russia can have. That would be rewarding a bad guy for doing bad things, which I believe will lead to more bad things. There's got to be a place where amazing people do amazing work, get rewarded, and enabled to do more good things. We need that. We really, really need that. I wish there was something like that. I I wish there was someone who knew about it and could talk about it. it. It would be such a beacon of light in such a difficult time. I'll never meet anybody like
1: that, though. Well, you know, Paula, we're not always that lucky, I guess. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The very thing you're talking about and the very person who is an expert on it happens to be with us here today. Wait a minute. No, it's true. (laughs) That is is coincidence slightly braised. It is! What We we have here <laughs> the director of the MacArthur Fellows Program at the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Please give a big Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone welcome to Marlise Caruth! Yay! Yay! Yay. Good. Yay. Welcome, Marlise! Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so glad you could be
0: here.
3: All right, so what is... Is it called the MacArthur Genius Grant? Is that what it's called? The MacArthur Foundation awards five-year, no-strings-attached fellowships to exceptionally creative individuals across all human endeavors imaginable and across a variety of artistic practices. We've awarded more than 1,100 fellowships since our inaugural year of 1981. The financial component lasts for five years and is currently $800,000. We also (laughs) offer access to a network of innovators, deep thinkers, and bold doers, and that lasts a lifetime. We host our fellows at convenings, large and small, to enable them to meet, to mingle, and to exchange ideas. And finally, we provide small grants, $10,000, $15,000 or so, to support public-facing events of two or more fellows throughout the year. So that's basically the basket of award benefits for the MacArthur Fellowship. The award is unusual in philanthropy for its no strings attached nature over multiple years. And for the number of awards across so many different areas of expertise, we give uh, anywhere from 20 to 25 awards uh, every year. The goal has always been to identify the most creative and the most impactful among us, those with a track record of accomplishment and the ability to do more and um to free them up to do bold work exceptional work work that matters recently we've launched a new and easy to navigate search tool on our website so i urge you to check it out at macfound.org a shout out to my colleagues in the communications department who designed it. it but it's fun to take a few minutes to poke around on it and i think you'll be surprised at how many fellows you know visual artists musicians authors individuals prominent in social discourse today, and many others. And it's fun to read about their work and, for some, to watch their videos and hear them in their own words. Back to your original question about the the term genius. We don't use that term. We think it's a bit limiting. The press coined the phrase in the early years of the program, and it's a shorthand that has never gone away.
2: Did you ever see the movie uh, What's Up, Doc?, with Barbara Streisand? A long time ago. I think that Madeline Kahn was the wife of Ryan O'Neill, and I believe they were on their way for him to, uh, he was a part of a group that were being considered, I think, for such a, if it wasn't the actual MacArthur, then it was, like, with that idea. And he had this idea that early man had made music from rocks, and he was going there to, like, demonstrate that. Uh, j- just, I don't know if you know the whole history of your organization, but I think that that was... What year was that movie? 70s, I'll bet you. It's, by the way, it holds up very well. What I'm suggesting is that you consider... Giving this award to Barbara Streisand. Um, all right, she so she could use the
1: eight hundred grand for sure. <laughs>
2: she could use a leg up. Um, what What's the criteria, and what's the
3: process among your coworkers of narrowing down the recipients? So our process begins with nominators and their nominations. We invite experts and all around super smart people in their own right, whom we invite to work with us to suggest names of individuals whom they think are doing extraordinary work in specific fields and so that our program can reach the widest range of perspectives each year. We reach out to hundreds of new nominators every month in new areas of practice. So from the recommendations of the nominators, from their nominations, we review each one and then assign the most promising ones to program staff for further development. And after guidance from an interdisciplinary external advisory board, and also the Foundation Board of Directors, we create a class every year of MacArthur, a new class of MacArthur Fellows. Uh, And we will announce a new class later this year, the 2023 class of MacArthur Fellows sometime in the fall. So stay tuned and look out for us.
1: Marlies, I got to I got to say this. When I was a much younger man, I, I, you know, I kept a very meticulous budget of how my various how I was going to fund the various things that I do. And almost every year I figured a few hundred grand uh, from the MacArthur Fellowship into my yearly budget. And, you know, and, and yet and yet it turned out that I, that it never came through. And 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 I and I, and I never received you never one. got
3: the call. Are um, you sure we didn't did, did call you? you? I never. And you didn't pick up. I'm yeah, pretty sure. I yeah, could.
1: You know, I did change numbers a few times over that the years. That might be. That might a, have something to do with this. Is there a it? check lying around there somewhere? We do. We, like, we make calls. I'm sure, we, I would.
3: You know, part of um, our our the responsibility of some members of our team are to actually find the numbers, uh, stealthily, of the individuals we call, and and they're generally pretty surprised to hear from us. Because they aren't expecting it. You yeah. can't apply for it. So they may not know that we are looking at them. And it takes months, sometimes years, before we have an understanding of their work and have have viewed their exhibits or um, gone to their lectures and, and performances. So some people have sat by the phone waiting. And not received a call from us. Yeah, me too. Like, but, me. uh, yeah. So, Adam, I'll, I'll check my Rolodex and make sure I have your number. So, you said sometimes it takes years. Yeah. I, you know, because you can't apply for this award, uh, you don't right. curate, um, a portfolio for our review. And we award our fellowships in the context of the work of others and other candidates that are considered in any given year. And it, also depends on how comfortable our uh, external advisors are with your work, how familiar they are. Um, and we want to sh- make sure that they can uh, have had the time to review and weigh in on the um, the exceptionalism of your work and how enabled you would be. So it's really a group effort and um, and sometimes takes many months. Are the candidates alerted along the way that their work is under consideration? We asked our reference not to share with the nominee that they're being considered because we consider many, many more nominees than ever mm-hmm. receive fellowships in every domain in which we award fellowships. So it's it's just it, it it's disappointing to them to think they're being considered and and to believe that they are right yeah close yes. and and have it not work out that way how fun is it to make those phone calls though? oh it's it's terrific it's a lot of fun and people i i you know the scientists cry the artists cry it's it's just a great day and and they're not expecting it most people aren't expecting our call and um but but with the award comes a responsibility to live up to the expectations of this award.
2: Now, a few years ago, uh, there was a woman that was a tap dancer. Michelle Dorrance, I think, is her name. I saw a clip of her. She was unbelievable. She was fantastic. So, what's the philosophy behind doing this? Just that as a performer, she's sort of
3: spreading joy, or is there more to it? Well, than within that? her field of practice, performance, dance, she's at the top. Um, and she's pushing boundaries. Yeah. She's a- exceptionally creative. She's inspiring others. And uh, she stands out. She's she's pushing front the frontiers of, of her craft. What are some other recipients? Some names that you might know. Paul Farmer, Dr. Paul Farmer. He's a 1993 MacArthur Fellow. He co-founded Partners in Health, uh, a global health and social justice organization. That's very well known. Octavia Butler, a 1995 MacArthur Fellow who's a science fiction writer. Sounds like Adam has read her work. She's Mm -hmm. passed, unfortunately, but but she still has a very strong following in Afrofuturism, even today. The architects uh, Diller and Scofidio, Liz Diller and Ricardo Scofidio in 1999, were awarded MacArthur Fellowships. And they are creators of some of the most iconic buildings in America. Uh, including the ICA in Boston, the Broad Museum in Los Angeles, Alice Tully Hall in New York. Lindsay Adario is a 2009 photojournalist and conflict photographer. You may have seen her photographs on the cover of the New York Times. She published in the early months of the Ukrainian war, some very harrowing photographs of the war, and they helped I think to many many people really drive home the tragedy and the, the human toll uh, of of that uh conflict. Uh in music, Rihanna Giddens, uh, 2017 MacArthur fellow, she's a musician who's fusing folk, jazz, and world traditions for a really quite unique sound. Uh, Michelle Manger is a 2021. MacArthur Fellow, a neuroscientist, a pediatric neuro oncologist whose work is identifying improved therapies for her young patients. It's a sampling of the that demonstrates the breadth of the award over nearly over 40 years.
2: And when the, is it the MacArthur's um, are the, the the philanthropists that started yes, it?
3: John, John D. MacArthur. Is it still what they started or have practicalities morphed it somehow? It's basically Hughes true to the original vision of the sun and board members who wanted to allow very creative people the time and space to be their best creative selves. And they too engage external nominators and uh vetted and you know technology helps us a lot it allows us to reach more people uh invite more nominators reach out to evaluators mm-hmm. just it's just much easier to do it over the internet than snail mail of course yeah. um you know it's it's right. true to the original vision
1: you know, on the on the subject of genius, I just wanted to say that uh, Matthew McConaughey once said, man who invented the hamburger was smart, man who invented the cheeseburger was a genius. Uh, to which I would add, yes, but the man who <laughs> is a cheeseburger became mayor. We'll talk more genius with Marlies Karoos when we come back. cat of the week is lyle from alexandria virginia
2: hey it's just me paula poundstone i don't want to bring you down by reminding you of why we need to laugh covid but we do laughter could be practically prescribed by a doctor climate change And there's something about the shared emotional experience of being a part of an audience that makes the laughter that much more powerful. Kids, 99% of the time when someone types LOL, they're lying. You don't laugh out loud at stuff when you're alone. You acknowledge in your head that you think the thing you're seeing or hearing is funny. Depression. That's why television shows (laughs) use a laugh track. By the way, it was only recently that it dawned on me that the Flintstones couldn't have had a live audience. Loneliness. I'm not saying that I'm the only one who can provide this healing laughter, Trump. But I am saying (laughs) you need to get it somewhere. And it happens that I work in theaters all over the country. Nuclear war. Go to PaulaPoundstone.com and see when I'll be at a theater near you. Parallel Parking.
1: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality a podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness
1: grifters, and conspiracy-mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They (laughs) dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light.
2: I highly recommend you check out conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr.
1: flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it.
2: I, I do. They're they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that.
1: From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is... Funerals are not where we talk about our election fantasies.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we are back with Marlies Caruth, Paula Poundstone.
2: Marlies, you know, I can't imagine having somebody pay me to, I mean, I get paid to do my work mostly, um, but, you know, pay me to do the sort of the, my most creative work that doesn't have any financial backing to it. Do you talk
3: to the people in, because uh, how long does it run again? Well, the, the financial component runs for five years, but once a fellow, always a fellow. And we see them uh-huh. uh, at convenings and, and we do have a chance to interact with them and, and, and talk to them. And, and we hear fellows tell us that the fellowship is very enabling. I mean, calling attention to their work, uh, in addition to the financial component, you know, right. currently eight hundred thousand dollars paid over five years. But um, fellows tell us that the fellowship is very enabling because it calls attention to their work, and sometimes to a field. It gives them confidence to be bolder, to take risks that they would not perhaps have otherwise taken. And you know, I want to read a quote from a recent fellow, Tressy Cotton, a 2020 MacArthur Fellow an author, and she's a columnist for the New York Times. In her own words, she wrote a beautiful piece for us recently. She says, as she's reflecting on the fellowship, there are not many awards that invest in and confer legitimacy on people from all walks of life. There are even fewer still that look so widely for people who are thinking about our world in divergent ways. The MacArthur Fellowship is unique in that way. She couldn't, I I couldn't have said it better than that.
2: Yeah, that's great. I think for me, like the validation would be as valuable as the money, you know, just having somebody say, it's like when you're trying to drive someplace, but you don't know how to get there and, uh. You start slowing down because you think to yourself, like, what if I've gone too far and I miss the exit? And now every mile I drive forward, I'm going to have to go back. Um, But the idea that you've had somebody who said, no, you're going the right way. Just keep going. That would be it would
3: be beyond my wildest. And certainly (laughs) certainly Um, we have fellows who have toiled against the odds, have heard no many times and just. With our validation, as you call it, our um, elevation of their work and uh, and validation from a, a community of their peers. I mean, we're not doing this ourselves. We've engaged a community of their peers in their fields, who essentially say, you know, this this person is pushing boundaries. We have a tremendous respect for the work that they do. They are among, if not the most creative in the field, and. Your support would enable them to do more. So it's really a network that is making this award, is is making these choices. And we're stewards of a process.
2: Did the woman who, I think she wrote a book called Waste, maybe.
3: Catherine Flowers. Is that woman a recipient? Yes. yes. She is a MacArthur Fellow, Twenty. 20-
2: Oh, man, I've wanted to get her on this uh, uh, podcast, because when you were just saying in their various fields, I mean, is there a field you haven't
3: touched on? Because tell them what Catherine Flowers does. She is an environmental and climate justice advocate pushing for improved sanitation infrastructure throughout the country and certainly in under-resourced parts of this country.
2: Yeah, when when we were talking before about tap dance recipients and and then you mentioned uh, some architects, the idea that among those recipients, there's a person who goes to backyards of uh, people in really poor communities and makes note of the fact that there's a problem with how their wastewater goes out into the environment that makes the people who live there sick. Uh, And it just seems I mean, she really knows. Uh, I heard an interview with her and and uh, it just it sounds like the polar opposite of tap dancing. Um, (laughs) I
3: I love it that this that this touches on all of those things. And and it's a space that's that was ignored, that has been ignored and underreported.
2: Yeah. I, 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 in fact, when I heard the piece, I didn't know any such problem existed. And it's well beyond what I can articulate. There were reasons why it wasn't a simple fix. Um, it wasn't just a matter of, we'll get a plumber in there. It was something beyond that and uh, something that needs uh, government money um, to, you know, to. But right. somebody like her bringing attention to what, um, what? All right. Give me some examples of the Ripple. Uh, do you know what I
3: mean? I'm just returning from the Sundance Film Festival and two two names come to mind. They're both filmmakers and then I'll have a third. But uh, Stanley Nelson, who's a 2002 um, documentary filmmaker, and Laura Poitras, who's a 2012 uh, MacArthur Fellow and a documentary filmmaker. And since they have received their awards... They've expanded their platforms and practices so much. I mean, uh, Stanley Nelson uh, now has essentially a multimedia platform, Firelight Media. So in addition to his own documentary film work, he elevates the work of emerging storytellers and early stage and BIPOC uh, filmmakers um with with this media platform and then Laura Poitras who um is uh, you know if you've seen any of her films she's an international documentary storyteller she's also executive producing for others and through her savvy providing stories with the with intimacy that the american media uh, often misses so those are examples of reaching allowing um their their platform and And perhaps the support that they receive from us to enable them to reach more people with, uh, new forms of, uh, engagement in, in their work. And of course, Brian Stevenson, uh, 1995 MacArthur Fellow, uh, he was a young human rights lawyer when we gave him that award. And he went on to develop the, uh, to create the Equal Justice Initiative, which if you know of the Equal Justice Memorial, and the Legacy Museum campus in Montgomery, Alabama is really sharing and elevating the history of incarceration and enslaved people in the U.S. So uh, he's a lawyer who's also a memorial and historian and a museum producer you know that it's that's quite a distance from the courtroom have, have you been have you been to Montgomery? No, I don't think I ever have, actually. The memorial is amazing. The museum is amazing. He connects a through line that's often missed in conversations about Uh uh, enslavement and about our history. It's a shared history. It's it's wonderful. It's a shared history that's now illegal in Florida. And and it's surprising (laughs) that it is the project, A Human Rights Lawyer, in Montgomery, Alabama.
1: Let me ask you, how did you arrive at the the five-year window? I mean, obviously it's a lot for artists and writers, a uh, luxury. They, they appreciate three, but probably a researcher would tell you
3: it's barely enough. It was always envisioned as a gift of time and money. And, uh, you know, additional, right. more than a couple of years, it just allows you the time you need to flesh out the project, you know, to take a step back to fulfill a goal, to advance a goal. So it's a sweet spot. It's a it's a good amount of time. Yeah, it sounds great.
2: Uh I don't say this in a threatening way, um, but I would like to have your job.
3: <laughs> well, I <laughs> I love what I do and my colleagues. I love my colleagues and my colleagues also yeah. love what they do. And many of us in the program are push pushing a couple of decades without uh oversharing or, or giving you a copy of my uh, driver's license. I love what I do and <laughs> it's the best job in the world. And my colleagues and I just love it.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you get to come in every day and just be magic. Well,
3: we, we like uh, exploring. We like learning new things. We like enabling people who are doing amazing things without support. We, we like getting them the support they need. And when we do it right, and we try to do it right all the time, we identify the courageous change makers and they do make the world a better place. And so that's our personal legacy as well.
2: Marlies, are they anxious to include a podcast as a recipient, <laughs> one that drops every Tuesday and has a cat of the week in every episode?
3: I'm just asking for a well, friend. You know, this, that's a great <laughs> question, but we, as I've mentioned, we are open to new areas of practice all the time. Comedic podcasting sounds wonderful. Pushes sounds like it pushes boundaries and could be enabling. So I'm for it. So uh, we'll be excited to receive some nominations in this space. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll make sure that our future nominators get a copy of this podcast so that uh, we can begin to understand (laughs) the landscape.
1: Consider it already in the Felber household's 2023 budget. Hey, uh, (laughs) Marlise, that was excellent. Uh, What we're going to do now is we're going to take all this information you've given us and run it through a machine. That could use a grant, by the way, called the old pounce Denator. Paula? House band Tim Crump, you're doing it again.
2: Lifting our goofy little podcast up with your wonderful keyboardery. Thank you. And if I could ask for some more, I'd I'd love some background music so I can tell you what the old pounce spit out. Marlies Carruth, Director at the MacArthur Fellows at the MacArthur Foundation Your work can benefit us all both by the innovations you fund and encourage and that positive crackle of possibility you cast out into the world. Thank you. Oh, what's this here? A letter. Dear MacArthur Foundation, (laughs) I would like to nominate the comedy podcast Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone for your esteemed award. It matches your criteria in every way. Plus, it has, as you may have heard, Cat of the Week, a very popular feature. (laughs) The show endeavors to lighten its listeners' hearts during these difficult times as well as inform them on such topics as gardening, body piercing... Geography, the functions of the brain, civil rights heroes, both alive and dead, plumbing, the Supreme Court, our (laughs) political system, and dog training. It pushes the boundaries of comedy podcasting without stooping to cheap topics like long distance truckers who may or may not. have a bed behind their driver's seat, but does anybody really care? (laughs) And yet, it recognizes the simple joy the creativity of crafting can bring to its listeners. And to Tony Anita Hull, who is on the show and insists on doing Tony's Craft Corner. (laughs) They once auctioned off a piece of plaster that Pete Seeger knocked out of the wall when he threw his head back to sing It is a courageous podcast that has changed the way the world sees the cold open, which has cost Paula Poundstone some of her mobility due to the degree of difficulty in some of the grabbers she has performed. (laughs) Most important, and you didn't hear it from me, but the most inspirational part of the show is their co-host, Adam Foba. He is the embodiment of the show. And speaking of bodies, sometimes I go over to Facebook and just stare at his unfinished portrait while I listen to Sinatra. (laughs) And if we go someplace to dance, I know that there's a chance you won't be leaving with me. He's handsome, and although he keeps his feelings bottled up inside, he is loving. God. And then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like, I love you. You may know him because he taught you improv, as he has to so many. And get this, he is on every show. Thank you for your consideration. Yours truly, Winnie Rose Feynman. P.S. I won't tell them they're being
0: considered.
1: <laughs> she is the director of the MacArthur Fellows Program. Marlies Carruth, everybody. Thank you so much for being on our show. Marlise, thank you so, so much. And everybody, if you're interested in hearing more about this or looking into this other recipients, just go to MacFound.org to learn everything you need to know, and that link is handily in this very episode's show description. Coming up, if only we knew what we could do to make this an even better show. Oh, wait, you do? Well, that's great. We're all ears. (laughs) It's Mailbag Constructive (laughs) Criticism Edition. That's next.
2: Hey, it's just me, Paula Boundstone. I want to tell you about a headgum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha B., Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> Margaret Cho, and more, break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to you? Hu- I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, <laughs> uh, protect, Humanity, but apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I, I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, uh, <laughs> but I. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast cue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, (laughs) not the podcast, because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure <laughs> that out.
1: And we're back. Thank you, house band Tim Crump. You're sounding great.
4: Yeah, hey! Tim! Tim!
2: Hey, Adam! Yeah? I'm going to tell you something that's a little bit personal. I hope it's not inappropriate (laughs) to say it, Adam. I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie, New York at the Bardevon 1869 Opera House on Saturday, February 25th. Tickets are available at the tour page at paulapoundstone.com. And and you know what else? What? I'll be in Englewood, New Jersey at the Bergen Performing Arts Center on Friday, March 10th. For tickets, go to (laughs) paulapoundstone.com. Click on the tour page and Sally Forth.
1: Okay, now Paul, <laughs> I just want to take a moment here to commend you for your courage and being able to share that with me. That was that was special.
2: I've been i know that couldn't it. have been easy. Yeah, I a lot of, you know, a lot of internal work.
1: Profile and courage. courage, Paula Poundstone. Everybody. oh uh, hey, you know what? It's time for a Paula Poundstone. It's time for mailbag. Oh no. Constructive Criticism Edition. Now, what's happened here... Yes, yes, yes. That, that's some good music there. Um, what's happened here, Paula, is that uh, we have we always receive tons of great messages on our Facebook page and for the people who email us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. But um, lately, we've been and, getting and a lot of... And then we put uh, it where, Adam? We put it where? Uh, well, Paula, as I did state already, we put it in our mailbag. Constructive Criticism Edition. Now, what is unique about this week's uh, mailbag, Constructive Criticism Edition, is that um, we have gathered up all the very constructive criticism that our avid listeners have offered in ways that can help make our show better. Now, a lot of people in the podcast industry, they're really precious about what they do, and maybe they have thin skins and they don't take criticism that well, but you and I are different.
4: (laughs) Oh,
2: I receive constructive criticism in a very positive way. You know, I'm grateful for people trying to help me be a, a better me.
1: Yeah, and uh, and and for us to be a better us. And so, with that in mind, let's go ahead. Julie Bercobian has reached into the old mailbag, constructive criticism edition, and here to offer us these amazing selections, our own Tony Anita Hall
4: <laughs> Okay, here we go. Uh, Tony, Tony, uh, son Tony, of what, bitch. Tony, where Tony, are you? Tony, Paul he? is
1: asking you a question, dearie.
4: I was wondering, I,
2: <laughs> when you say, here we go, what are, what are you reaching into there? The mailbag.
1: I continue. would reach into it, but I can't reach to anything around these gigantic breasts of mine. Oh, my
4: God. Right, <laughs> Bonnie?
5: Flippy floppy. Was oh, that oh, what I said? So flippy
1: floppies? Before <laughs>
4: I'm pulling out my earbuds.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. You're reading, you're reading from the mailbag. All
4: right, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. The first (laughs) message is from Ava Fradkin. Ava writes, Can I just say I love this podcast? And it lifts my spirits on a regular basis, and I do plenty of four-real LOLs. But God almighty, please, please, please stop making us listen to the sound of a dentist's drill. There can't possibly be a single listener who wants to hear that. I literally have to turn the sound off the instant I hear it. It makes my teeth hurt. Do your dentist bit, but just cut out the sound of the drill. Deal? Deal?
2: Eva, I I uh, would—first of all, thank you for your missive. I would so like to make that deal with you, but—and I I don't know how much you get out and about in your community, but you have misread the general public. Originally, we were doing the uh, news brief from the dental chair, and we didn't, in the beginning, have the sound of a dentist drill— and many, many people wrote in and said, could you? I mean, it's just, they said you're missing a huge opportunity to have the sound of a dental drill to really give us that. that I, con- I, t- I do from- have a,
1: a note here, though, for you, Apollo, which is that. I where'd think you get could the note? Do the- By the way, where'd you get the note? No, I did not get it from where you think I did. I have my own that I have here. Uh, so it did not come through a mailbag. Right. <laughs> uh, w- w- my note is that I think we should start doing the dental drill as a sound effect. I don't think there's a need for you to actually have your teeth drilled every week you <laughs> do that thing.
2: I don't mind, though, Adam, because i that's the kind of performer that I am. I put my whole self into it. Okay, it's so a,
1: it's a lot of teeth at this point, is all I'm saying.
2: Well, it was. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> well...
1: Uh, <laughs> Ava, thank you so much for that feedback. I don't know whether we're going to indulge it, but we always appreciate a good uh, piece of constructive criticism. Uh, <laughs> no, Tony, what we, else is we there? Would, a- we
2: would and we would indulge it, Ava. But as I told you, I don't, I don't think we have any way of protecting ourselves from the absolute torrent of people. That uh, would be Clamor enraged for the sound if of we, a drill, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, and so you know, just
1: use the old volume button there. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess so. Tony, what else is in the mailbag? Uh, the mailbag. The mailbag. <laughs>
5: mailbag.
1: Oh. What else is in?
4: Instructive <laughs> criticism. I was just gonna barrel on through. I you were. So, um, Marie Gale gave us a one star in an Apple review of the show. and Marie. I have to writes, tell you
2: something. The reason I didn't respond to Mailbag right away is because I glanced up and I saw that Marie Gale had <laughs> given us a one star in an Apple review of the show and it, it distracted me. Marie. Well, Paula, take it easy. She <laughs> might have something very
1: useful for us. No, Let's hear Marie, it. Marie,
2: what the f- Fuck, why would you
1: give us one star? Well, this is Paula, a, this
2: is some wait. bullshit. Here, I'll tell you what, Marie. We haven't
1: even gotten her criticism yet.
2: All right, go, what the f- all right, go fucking read what Marie said. That's all I'm saying. It might be
1: constructive. Just,
2: yeah, just reach into the goddamn... Uh, Mailbag. And, and by the way, everybody
1: else, feel free to rate us higher because uh marie's obviously pulling our average down go ahead Tony. Is, <laughs> maybe down. marie has something very useful to say
4: um the title of marie's review is no need to be vulgar <laughs> i've heard her be funny elsewhere and was disappointed with how vulgar this got no thanks needs the e label i don't know which episode
2: you're talking about was it the one okay and we don't usually use you know we'll do we'll show like a clip of the recording sometimes where there's a visual but we don't you know it's not a
1: it's an audio show marie so yeah because we tried visual once and people found my chest distracting go on
4: (laughs) so much
2: (laughs) Marie, so that, so this is my point. It's only audio, Marie, so how did you possibly know about the giant dick behind me?
0: <laughs> I don't...
1: <laughs> you mean Hector, your giant inflatable dick? Well, Marie, if you find that vulgar, that's on you.
2: Yeah, uh, honestly. You know, Marie, yes. first of all, I don't think I was funny elsewhere, and second of all, <laughs> I, here's what I... Uh, okay, you know, we don't all share the same taste, and... Uh, but here's the thing. If you're talking about like saying fuck here and there, which is often what people, you know, p- people t- who get a stick up their butt about this kind of thing. Um, <laughs> sometimes that is what they're upset. <laughs> they oh, they said fuck. And I have to say, Marie, in, in a world just swimming with the vulgarity of cruelty and poverty and inequity and uh, really, this is the thing? up with which you cannot
1: put okay Wow. Uh, well, but also and maybe maybe to punctuate it Paula I understand that you've hooked Hector behind you up with uh, baking soda and vinegar like those old science experiments <laughs> yeah so he does do you want to do you want to activate that does, yeah you
0: got
2: yeah
1: it. so there's that go ahead sucks. go ahead pour it in pour it in <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh there he blows there it is that oh is that's so fantastic so okay Enjoy, Marie. I, you know what? I'm
4: unsubscribing to this podcast. Help.
2: How, Marie, how is that any worse than Peter Brady's volcano experiment on the porch of the Brady Bunch?
1: <laughs> One star. All right. <laughs> Tony, what else is in our mailbag? We're loving this criticism. Keep it coming. We can take it.
4: <laughs> you yeah. No, so I'm well. a
1: little hurt by Marie's uh, needs.
2: Of, and you can, uh, they can put an e-label on it. I don't, that's fine with me.
1: For excellent? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Excellent. You um, know what, Marie? Uh, you know what I'm putting on your comment? A see me.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> an e-label. <laughs> is it e for everyone? See me. That's
5: okay. uh, no, explicit. It's explicit. Oh,
1: of course. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, you know,
2: sometimes.
1: Well, fuck me.
5: Really, what
2: our show <laughs> should receive is a is an O for odios, which means Bonnie Burns. What does odios mean? Odios means don't you're you look up where you're down? She's no literally looking it up. practical purpose. You cheating fucking wench. And that, by the way, Marie just wrote in and asked me to call you a cheating fucking wench for what you just did. That's how uh, that's how
1: egregious it was. All right. uh, Let's let's move on with our next item from our mailbag. (laughs) Uh, So Hope
4: Lussignan, Lussignan uh, wrote in. I would like to weigh in on the long haul trucker debate. Please have one on the show. They are so much in demand. Paula might be able to start a new career.
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh!
2: Oh, and ooh. I'll bet you, ooh. I'll bet you, they can curse whenever they damn well please. That's bet you right. they in the in the t- long haul truckers. Get the fuck out of my lane,
1: you asshole! Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but hope. Uh, um, that's a great suggestion that we are absolutely not going to take you up on. <laughs> um. <laughs> I wonder what
2: it is, Hope. She, she says they're in demand, but does that yeah. mean that they're
1: interesting to talk to? That's <laughs> no, I think she means they're in demand out on the roads, which is where they should stay. Um, you know what? If you rearrange Oh, my God, the letters- you're so
5: mean to the long-haul trucker. There are long-haul <laughs> truckers that have personalities. Their jobs are really interesting. Plus, you're right, they're in demand because they cargo stuff that we need. Back and forth from one coast to another. What is the you hard know, the on for the long haul oh, trucker? The what? Wait, the,
1: no, hard oh. <laughs> the hard on?
5: The hard
4: on would be, I feel like, a good thing for a long yeah, haul
5: yeah, you, trucker.
1: You're not, you're not only offended, Marie, again, you used it wrong.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Breaking news Tony Nita Hall comes on our show and describes a hard on as <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> Maria, I'm starting to see what you're saying.
5: Yeah. Hector just withered and fell over. Uh, I don't get what Paula doesn't like about a long haul trucker. I you know, my really understanding that idea.
2: My understanding about long haul truckers—and correct me if I'm wrong, Bonnie—is that they they drive a truck and they and they haul for a long distance. Is that correct? Yeah. What do they yeah. do right. while they're doing that? They focus on the road.
0: We would hope. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they honk try to
5: stay in their lane. They listen to music. Yeah. Okay. Do they have whole like long haul trucker clubs when they're driving? There's all kinds of things they do to keep them busy. And I said before, did they have a little bedroom behind the cab? And what do they do (laughs) when they have to go to the bathroom and they're working under a deadline? They've got to get that stuff to a place. You know what? At a certain time.
2: (laughs) Honestly, we all, and no disrespect to long haul truckers, (laughs) but many of us are under deadlines sometimes and working really hard. And we still have to pee in the right place. Uh, yeah. So when you said, what do they do? I imagine they pull over and use the restroom. That's my guess. Or they pee in a jar or on the side of the road. Same as anybody. I don't think the toileting habits of the long-haul trucker
1: are fascinating. And I don't know if it if it means anything. Just a data point here. If you take the name Hope Lussignan, or Lussignan, who, who wrote this uh, email, rearrange the letters, change all the letters, and remove one, it spells Bonnie Burns. so this might not be a real listener constructive criticism right there oh boy
2: (laughs) tony (laughs) (laughs) yes what else do we have in that what is that thing you have right there what is that the mailbag
1: constructive criticism edition
4: All right, go ahead, go ahead. Jesse, the podcast lover, gave us four stars. Jesse writes, uh, the title of the review is Funny Show, but Trim the Fat. Ooh, okay. Adam just lost 25 pounds. (laughs) What more do you want?
1: (laughs) Honestly, Jesse, I'm starving here.
2: (laughs) Let's not make the man sick.
4: Uh, Jesse writes, I've been a devoted listener from the beginning. Haven't missed an episode. But sometimes the jokes go on a little too long, and the cold open gag has been going on for long enough. I love the (laughs) book club, and Mrs. Culpepper is the highlight of the show. Hopefully the show cleans itself up a bit and stops beating dead horses. Then it'll be five stars.
1: Wow. Well,
4: I
2: can can hardly wait for that time when we receive a five-star review from (laughs) Jesse the Podcast Lover. Uh, um, and if it's just a matter of not not doing that damn cold open anymore, well, I'm all for
1: it. Well, we have in fact stopped, Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, I bet Jesse's five star review is just around the corner. Jesse, it's a it's a great constructive criticism, and one that we've acted on already. <laughs> have we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we, yes, we have, Mrs. Culpepper have. All right, well Consider that a problem solved Because we are never doing a cold open that. ever again All right, Tony What else is in that male satchel?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it still rings the bell Sue Thompson writes Tony's right Pimple popping video slap
2: Oh, Jesus.
0: Oh, Jesus.
2: Oh, I don't think you want to encourage Tony Anito. She as it is, you know, she's always talking about how hard she works, and then it turns out she's watching shit like that. I do it to uh, decompress Apologies to go to break. Of course.
4: Oh. oh, oh. I almost sent everyone one the other day because it was so good.
5: Oh my god.
1: Oh. Yuck. Don't do that. I've also
4: also moved on to ingrown hairs, like wads of hair, like embedded
1: under people's skin. All right. That is so (laughs) disgusting. Okay. Wow. Um, I want to move on. (laughs) I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay here at all.
2: (laughs) Marie, can I just point out to you that Tony didn't curse at all in what she just said? (laughs) Wouldn't you rather Dang. I just have said fuck instead of <laughs> listening to Tony describe yeah. <laughs> uh, some vile we uh, we're going to label our show oh by the way Bonnie rem- odios. Odios. having no
1: odios purpose
5: having no practical purpose
1: yeah you just it. said that yeah
5: No I didn't you weren't even looking up I can see the top of your hat I did not no, she, read it I remembered it No but she literally said it Paula literally said, odio's having no purpose. Yeah. But I started answering before she said
4: it. She did
5: start no, answering.
4: I she did. No,
1: I no Just read the next letter, Bonnie. <laughs> I have to take Bonnie's side. <laughs> GFR at
4: 1968 gave us five stars. Woo! The title of the review is Love All But One Problem. We can take it. Hi, all. I look forward to the podcast every week. My only big complaint is Bonnie's singing. Painful. I'm sorry, but the book club song is stupid. I have to turn it down till it's over. In general, Bonnie doesn't have a voice for radio. She has interesting things to add, so I don't want to totally trash her. Before the pandemic, I remember that Paula and Adam were the only ones on the mic. Wouldn't mind more of that. I miss the phone calls and various characters. Ouch.
1: Wow. There was a bit in there where he said, I don't want to totally trash her, but I feel like that mission
2: failed. Yeah. You know what? It was a little insensate, uh, GFR. Um, <clears throat> listen, GFR, I sent you a present. Don't open it. Because uh, I didn't realize how you felt. Um. I sent Uh-oh. you Bonnie Burns' greatest hits, and uh, I don't <laughs> think you're going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? Now that you mention it, I sent, you might remember this one from 2017, A Very Bonnie Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And she's singing all the classics.
5: Here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> here comes Santa Claus. Santa
0: Claus. <laughs>
5: you also get... <laughs> oh, uh, Silent Night. Holy Night.
1: Wow. Yes, if bad. you want your night to be a little more silent, just put this on for your guests. But it doesn't stop there. You also get Frosty the Snowman
0: was a jolly,
1: holly guy.
5: That's, not even
0: the
2: That's
1: word. a very bonny Christmas.
2: <laughs> wow. You know, what I think is impressive. Okay, (laughs) we we didn't respond angrily to any of this criticism. We just took it in, and and we let the people know that we're not going to do shit about what they asked. But we didn't get angry. No, we didn't. Yeah, a lot of people would be ashamed of these. Where do they come from, Tony?
1: The mailbag constructive criticism edition. And Paula, you know, I th- I want to echo that and say I think it shows a lot of growth on our part because in the past we've gotten very angry at listeners for some of their criticisms and this time through we're deciding to just ignore them, which I think is a real step forward. <laughs> yeah, it really
2: is. Yeah. Um, I was okay, I'm not entirely ignoring them. I am going to do some passive aggressive shit at some point, but for right sure, now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like okay, here's just one example and she probably won't see it because I don't think she's going to listen anymore. But no. uh Marie, I'm just staring at you right now.
1: Oh man, look at that look on Paul's face too. <laughs> if you can't yeah. see it cuz we don't do a video version anymore, it is a it's a withering mm. glare. Yeah. It's withering. I'm just, I'm just staring. Man. Uh, man.
2: uh but I but you know, but I didn't but I didn't, you know, I didn't respond with anger. I, so yeah I think that's
1: well, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry I had to see that I had to I had to push my <laughs> my giant memories aside to see it but, uh, you know, wow stunned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right everybody hey nobodies if you have questions or comments or constructive criticisms that we will cheerfully ignore send it to nobody at gmail.com Hey Paula Poundstone what's going on in your Poundstone Product Empire this week well melons. There are two kinds of people <laughs> in this place.
2: <laughs> There's the kind of person who needs a soft, comfy, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone hooded sweatshirt, which are available at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. And there are the kind of people who need a remarkably soft tri blend t-shirt with my self-portrait on the upper left front and a memorable quote on the back which are available at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. And I want, I want everyone to know I love both kinds of people.
1: That's right. Hey, and everybody, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. And if you want to leave a review to counteract what Marie Dunn did to us, please, do. <laughs> if there's a subject or topic that you'd like to know about, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com is where you want to be sending those letters. And that is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Double D's Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Marlies Caruth. <laughs> Learn more about the MacArthur Foundation Fellowship Program at MacFound.org. Thanks to our house band, Tim Crump.
0: Yay. Our
1: show you, be produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Berkobian. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. Oh, oh.
2: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? (laughs) Adam?
1: Yeah, 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 Paula.
2: You know, um, the MacArthur uh, Foundation, Marley's uh, fantastic. Just really... Uh, interesting and what a great program to get to, to work for and what terrific work they're doing. Um, I hope I didn't come on too strong when I asked her, you know, if they were looking for, for to give an award to a podcast um, that drops on Tuesdays and has a cat of the week. Um, because I really just want to ask her questions about the program and get to understand the, the program and know more about the recipients. and and sure. sure, and then, sure. I don't know, it just sounded like she was really describing a great opportunity for us. And so I just at the last minute, you know, threw that in there. I, I but, yeah, but I hope Paula,
1: I I put in a plug for myself at one point too. It's it's hard to it's hard to hear that. And think about all the great work we do for so many listeners. And all the lives <laughs> that we touch, all the ways that we've helped people live a better life and done constructive things for our fans and our world
2: not Marie. I have a bad feeling that Marie might be on the committee that helps <laughs> choose.
1: Wow. Yeah. Because um,
2: we, we have not improved Marie's life. She's had it with us.
1: And, yeah, uh, well, he, 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 We literally can't please everybody unless we received some kind of a grant that allowed us to spend some time really exploring how we could please everybody. Oh my god. I wouldn't curse at all. I would swear that shit off right away. Oh fuck. Me too. Hey, uh, right. I I gotta go pump. <laughs> oh jeez!
4: Oh. <laughs> Why was it you... oh, too far? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: I... that one was too far. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I can see the MacArthur ceremony from here.
1: Which is about where we'll be when they're holding the ceremony. <laughs>
4: a podcast network.
1: Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Luxe.
2: Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners.
1: Go to helixsleep.com slash That's helixsleep.com slash Paula, and use the code HELIXPARTNER20.
2: This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts
1: now. (laughs) Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula, and if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.